0: Welcome to Pressing Buttons, a podcast about video games. In today's episode, Nick and I give impressions on one of our most anticipated games, Elden Ring. I also give my impressions on Destiny 2, the Witch Queen expansion. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Pressing Buttons. I'm Hugo. I'm Nick. And thanks for joining us. We're glad to have you here. It's been a crazy good week in video games. We've definitely enjoyed ourselves. It's been a while since we've had such a good string of video games come out in the same week or in the same two-week span period. Tell me, Nick, how do you feel? Great a man of a few words or more words we'll, we'll we'll see later on more words are coming don't worry i mean obviously you don't care cuz you've only played one video game
1: yeah that's true i guess actually i think you're right that this has been a great you know week or two of you know really high quality game releases but maybe most of them don't really resonate with me for for whatever reason so really it's just one game uh, for the most part that i'm pretty focused on
0: one game to rule them all the other Ring. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, as you can tell in this episode, we're going to be discussing uh, mostly Elden Ring, which Nick has uh, had about 20 hours of playtime on. And I've had about three hours of playtime on. And the only reason that I have less hours than Nick is because obviously I've been playing Destiny to the witch queen expansion that just came out so i'll have uh more thoughts on that as well so let's get started nick elden ring baby talk to me what is elden ring for our listeners out there or our viewers out there well v- viewers will be later right yeah yeah L- listeners only for now imagine what nick and i look like if you don't know what we look like and view us yeah,
1: yeah. so so Elden Ring, which I think most people know what it is, but for those who don't know, it's the latest game from uh, a Japanese developer called From Software. They're famous for the Dark Souls series, uh, Sekiro, Demon Souls, Bloodborne. And they've been around for a, a very long time and I think started releasing games, I think I'll, going back to the original PlayStation, but really kind of started getting real popular with you know, Demon Souls and, and that type of games. So, yeah, it's the latest in that series. It's called Elden Ring. A lot of the lore is from George R.R. Martin, who did the Game of Thrones, uh, or I guess it's the books are called A Song of Fire and Ice. Or Ice Ice and and Fire. Fire. Yeah, I, don't, I don't read books. I don't read good. So, I just watched the HBO <laughs> series. So, He's the Game of Thrones guy. Uh, so he did a bit of lore just to set the foundation for the story in Elden Ring. But I mean, other than that, this this game is absolutely a Dark Souls game. If it was called Dark Souls 4, no one would question that at all. Um, I think people would just see it as a, a natural evolution of the Dark Souls formula with maybe a, a slightly different flavor of, of lore, but it's still kind of, you know, this dark fantasy setting. So that's kind of my take on it.
0: So coming from such a storied developer that they've had their hands on these type of games for a while, they're the originator of this Souls genre, as you would say, how do you think working with uh, George R.R. R. Martin so far in the twenty hours you've played of the game differentiate from all the other Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Sekiro I, games?
1: Maybe that'll present itself later. Like right now, if I were to play this game, you know, in a vacuum without knowing that George R. R. Martin was involved, like I, I would have had no idea. So I don't I don't think he was also from my understanding, he wasn't actively involved with the development. I think they basically just said, hey George R. R. Martin, can you do like a kind of a treatment of what the lore you know some fundamental lore for this new series could be and then i think he did that and he handed over some documents and then from software just kind of worked with that and, and built everything on top of it so i don't think he was like actively involved or, or anything like that so
0: gotcha i think he was just using it as an excuse to not write that's probably winter right. winter yeah. so Uh, So yeah, no, I I will. You (laughs) know, once
1: I get through the game, that's like kind of a good. um, That'll be a fun, fun exercise to go through. It's like, how can you tease out George R. R. Martin's contribution, and is that obvious to anyone? Yes or no? And I don't know. Like, I if if from software just said this is our new
0: story and we did everything internally, like that, (laughs) like
1: that totally could have happened. Uh, So yeah,
0: I guess we'll just need to wait and see. I think it is important, you know, to mention that they that they did work with George R. R. Martin to. To develop some of the lore, but honestly, like the game itself, you don't really need to attach that. And if you didn't attach it, uh, and you just said it's a From Software game, it'd be fine with that. Just because this has been the formula for, for From Software for a while, which is just weird, spooky creatures that have like eight limbs, or or spiders, or poisonous towns and stuff like that. Now it's just in a more expensive world, uh looking like Breath of the Wild, but just harder, um, which we're both happy about. I mean. At the end of the day, it's still a Souls game, which is one of the things that I've been uh, reading online, how a lot of people are saying it is more accessible. And from what they're saying, it's more accessible for the more common people that don't play these hard games. But at the same time, it's still a Souls game. So even though it is more accessible than any other Souls game before it or Sekiro or Bloodborne, it's still a tough game. So it's been getting great reviews. But well, don't let that yeah, fool Yeah, I, th- I saw that as well. And I even was recommending the game
1: to people based on this all this chatter around how how much more accessible the game is. But now that I've put time into the game, I actually don't, I don't know if I totally agree with accessibility. Like, I don't even know, like, what that means or, like, what they're actually referencing <laughs> as, like, I know, like, maybe you have.
0: You can ride a horse now. That's easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can ride a horse. Like, maybe, maybe you can, like, escape things. little easier and maybe you have like more like health or ability to uh, regenerate your health but like other than that like it's a dark souls game so it's it's um so i think that would be kind of uh one of my takeaways where if you have never played a dark souls game or any of these you know Soulsborn from software games you still need to go into this thinking that you might not end up liking (laughs) the game (laughs) like 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 they haven't solved making those a mass market game for everyone, like I don't, I don't think this is necessarily like a mass market game for everyone to pick up and play and have a you know easy fun going time. Like I think it's still like a very specific intentional experience uh, that you need to like kind of put put in a certain amount of effort to figure out how to play it, and then once it clicks though, like it's it's, it's the most satisfying of the best thing best in the world, gaming of all time. Yeah, it's like so good, but like I think a lot of people. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like they haven't, I don't think they've solved it to where the game automatically clicks after everyone like immediately. Like you still need to kind of go into it and, and put in that, that effort.
0: I mean, if you're going to get it, get it on Steam. That way you could get a refund like our friend Ollie. Shout out to Ollie. We love the guy, but it wasn't for him. And that's fine. I mean, I, I know it's easier not to do co-op, but it's not for everybody.
1: Yeah, so I guess I don't know just to put it in simpler terms. If you've already played a Dark Souls type game and you didn't like it, you will continue not liking Elden Ring. If you've never played a Dark Souls type game, I would recommend giving Elden Ring a shot, but maybe doing like a little bit of homework on like
0: tutorials and beginner's guides and those types of things or starting out with like a different game very similar like neo neo is very similar to dark souls but i think it's a much easier path because once you get to a certain level in neo you do become more powerful and you feel it whereas dark souls you do get more powerful but one little minion could fuck your whole run up so
1: yeah so i don't know that it's just and i i went through that myself right where i had the i bought the original demon souls on ps3 because i succumbed to the hype of this really hard game that was actually going to be localized in the west via atlas so at atlas actually published that game sony didn't even publish the game because they didn't believe that it would sell well and i remember buying it and i remember just being like what the hell is go- like this game sucks it's frustrating <laughs> it's cheap it's you know it's like all these things and then um it's on know, hard
0: mode all the time
1: yeah, like ten years later, I, I realized like how how genius of a game it is, and I finally beat it. So there's just something about the formula; it is unique, and you just kind of need to work through it one time, and then once you figure out the formula, and you, you can kind of learn how you want to play it. Uh, then you can play all these games, right? Like that's once I once yeah. I figured out, I think it was Dark Souls three was where I really figured out these games and then and, and beat it. And then once I beat that game, I was like, oh, my God, I need more. And I did Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Demons. You know, I just went through everything. So
0: No, it's definitely one of those things where perseverance is key. You just got to keep going with it. And, you know, you're either a masochist or you're not. So uh, eventually you'll, you'll get the, the hang of it. All right. So enough talk about uh the, the lore of the game and where it comes from and all that stuff. Let's let's talk about the game itself. You've been playing, like I said, 20 hours. I played three hours. What did you start off? What was your starting class? And give me a little rundown of what you did. Spoilers, by the way, a lot of well, not a lot of spoilers, because this game is hard to spoil because sometimes they're very vague about the story and all that stuff. But just this episode is going to contain spoilers for things. And we don't know when they're coming, but they're just coming in like hot takes. (laughs) Okay, there there goes you just halved our audience. Uh, <laughs> just, just,
1: just with spoilers, no, I don't. I don't think I'll. Uh, I won't say anything. First of all, like I have no idea what's going on. I've said in prior episodes, I'm too stupid to piece together what's actually happening in the story. So I'm definitely not going to be one to spoil it for anyone. We'll watch and, the
0: lore videos later.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I haven't progressed so far into the game that I've. Maybe I've seen like a couple of things, but for the most part I haven't seen any content beyond what they've already shown and, and all the different trailers. So um so most of my impressions should be pretty pretty spoiler free. Starting class, I went with Vagabond. My character name is Bolt Lightning. Oh, you didn't go with uh butts
0: like I wanted you to?
1: No, I didn't like that. <laughs> uh Bolt Lightning has a lot of history where I saw Pacific Rim, the movie, in theaters. I then became obsessed with the whole, like, kaiju, big robot fighting monsters genre. And I remember going to a bar after that movie and just drinking lots and lots of bourbon (laughs) and then getting into a conversation around hypothetical, like, what if we were Jaeger pilots? What would your name be? What would our Jaeger pilot name be? And (laughs) the names in Pacific Rim are, like, so ridiculous. So the, the one I came up with was Bolt Lightning. Which is a character name I try to use in, in most games. Assuming that the character limitations allow me to do that, where Lost Ark would not allow me to do that, so yeah. I was very annoyed. But So yeah, Bolt Lightning, Vagabond, my character is completely purple. Uh, I like how wild and crazy you can go with, generally, like the Dark Souls character creator, you can do some pretty wild stuff in there. So. I'm just a purple dude running around mainly using <laughs> a halberd, uh, which is a, which is a spear. So it's a spear and shield nice pumping. Most of my level up points into strength. So it's not to go too deep into like all the different ways you can upgrade your character, but um, you know, you can either focus on strength or dexterity or magic, or I guess it's called faith and intelligence, but all these different ways of like upgrading your character. And, and I'm just basically building my character in a way so that you can hold a giant sword and swing it around like a maniac. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, So that's generally my first build in these types of games is what I do. And then uh, I definitely want to experiment more with magic with probably a second character.
0: Well, I, myself, I started off with a samurai. Like I said, I would just because it looked cool. The samurai starts with Uchigatana, which is... A, Uchigatana? Yeah, Uchigatana, which is, uh, of course, a samurai sword that applies bleed. Um, and then also he has uh, he has a small shield, but the shield does nothing. Which, you know, in these games, the, there are shields that help you out. This one is shit. Like, it barely blocks anything, so I barely use it. I'm always in two-handed mode. I do also get a uh, bow and arrow. Um, So that's pretty good for, for range attacks, which I encountered a little bit where I needed to use it in the beginning. It's definitely harder, especially after not playing a Souls-like game in a while to get back into the combat. In the beginning, I I always try blocking. But like we both know in these type of games, it's always better to dodge and reposition yourself and then attack. So in the beginning, I was but basically I was just two-handing everything. And then in some instances, I would start off the fights by using my bow to put a couple arrows on people and start it off that way i'll just say i got to the first area i guess where you pass through these gates and in typical dark souls fashion there was these dudes shooting arrows at me and i'm like look at these bastards shooting arrows at me i'm gonna go and just fuck them up with my uchigatana right up close and as i'm getting closer to them some deformed giant jumps from the top of the building and crashes down and my you know expression was like holy shit run away run away so I ran away to a much uh, open area so I could fight him and I thought he was gonna fuck me up luckily it's one of these early mini bosses I would say where like they're not they don't have as much health uh, as the ones later on will so I was able to fuck him up but like my expression as soon as he jumped down I was like fuck you Elden Ring you always do this to me
1: I don't, I don't think I've ever thrown a controller or smashed my controller, but these games do get me to that like breaking point of like almost nearly, like they get me close <laughs> to being like, ah, like just, but I never actually do it, but it, it's, it gets me close. And then, yeah, you're, you're talking about ranged. I guess you start with a ranged option with the same right build. And I think with these types of games, I usually don't do too much ranged stuff, but because this is way more of like an open world, I think because it's like an open world setting and because there's a jump mechanic, which is new for the Dark Souls games where you can never you can never jump in those games and now you can jump. And so now there's more like I think flying enemies and aerial combat options and and things like that. And so I think even though I'm predominantly like a guy who swings giant sword type character, like I've found that I've needed to use more ranged options than I've had another and other Dark Souls games, so that would definitely um, would definitely recommend having an arranged option handy, even if that's not like your primary build.
0: Well, also like from from what I gathered, you also have the is it Ashes of War, which are yeah. some spells. I got my first one, which is like a ground stomp, which isn't necessarily magic. I would say fully from what I've seen. I mean, I don't know. I haven't played that much of the game, but um it helped me out because the first area had guys with shields so as soon as i picked that up there was one guy that just had a massive shield and a spear and he was fucking me up i think i died like six times to him but once i was able to pick that skill up i was able to stomp the ground knock him back a little bit and do some damage so i like that even if you're not like a full magic user it does have abilities i would say they use your uh your magic points of course but they're not it's not full magic so i I like that part of it where if you even if you don't want to go full magic build you can still use some abilities for the long range stuff i'm guessing
1: yeah there's a lot of a lot of abilities um i've gathered a ton so far but i haven't really i need to. i think that's probably either later today or sometime during the week uh, i need to do some experimentation with those things but the one i've been using uh i think it came with my weapon uh where it just allows me to like sprint forward and charge through people with my with my spear like i i've been nice using that a lot um it's been (laughs) basically it's basically like the only thing that's helped me beat you know bosses so uh, i think that's going to be pretty important to this game is you know finding a you know one of those weapon skills that works well for you
0: Gotcha. Totally agree with that. So in, in the little time I've spent with the world, I have noticed there is a crafting system, even though I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I'm over here picking flowers, uh, picking bones and stuff. You got any info on that crafting system? Now that So that's a new addition. You didn't do too much of that.
1: Um, I don't think you did any of that in prior Dark Souls games, right? You're always like picking up stuff, but
0: you're, you're never... Yeah, but it's never to craft never like anything. Crafting. Like Unless, I mean you're picking up rocks and stuff and you're upgrading your your armor and your weapons but never like making health or something like that or or magic potions.
1: Yeah, so this is your you're gathering materials, and you can craft, you know, in the field, so to speak. So I've been I've just been picking up tons of stuff. I have no idea what any of it does. <laughs> uh, I have I don't think I've crafted anything so far, so I haven't really needed to to craft things yet. But uh, I think it'll probably become more important as, as you progress through the game. So I just haven't ran into a situation where I've looked through my crafting list and needed any of those things to work through a particular situation. So, but at the same time, I'm just like gathering things like crazy. Anytime there's a shiny new object somewhere, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm picking it up with the idea that it'll
0: there'll be a big payoff later. But you're like a crow. I do the same thing. Like just collect. Uh, it'll be useful down the road, or it won't. But at least I collected it.
1: Yeah, it's it's very similar to the to the Breath of the Wild kind of gathering and, and crafting systems. So I think they more or less did a carbon carbon copy of that of that system.
0: All right. Um. And how are you liking the difference uh, in style of the world? Whereas with other Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Sekiro, you had it wasn't as open world as as this one is. Well, they weren't open world, even though the the levels themselves were huge. This is the most open world game they've ever done. How are you liking that aspect of it? Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I think that's basically the pitch of this game
1: as it's Dark Souls meets open world, particularly you know inspired by Breath of the Wild. So, so I think kind of what we were saying before. There's this you know, are you going to like this game? And you can look to whether you've liked. Dark Souls games as like an indicator of that. I think coupled with that is also Breath of the Wild. And did you like Breath of the Wild? And if so, then there's a high chance that you'll like this game. If you didn't like Breath of the Wild, then you're probably definitely not going to like this game. So, so I loved Breath of the Wild. It's, you know, one of my favorite games so to me this is like a very uh i, I like this. it's ride. a
0: mashup of the your two favorite things yeah I like this
1: recipe Zelda. yeah exactly yeah so i i love it um i was a little concerned because you know it's from software's i guess first crack at these open world like this an open world of this scale and we've just seen so many times with other developers when they just are just trying to shoehorn their game into an open world, and it just like doesn't work. So I was, you know, ca- cautiously optimistic. So far, I I think they've done a great job at it. Like I I enjoy it. Uh, the scale is just astronomical. Of just every time you go into a new area, you're just overwhelmed by the size of everything, and and so many options to go everywhere. So the the sense of scale is pretty remarkable. And the way I'm like comping it is like I've played the game for about twenty hours. And as of last night, I'm at like the equivalent uh stage of the game as like basically beating the first boss in like Demon Souls, which you can do like maybe it takes like a couple hours. Yeah, depending like, on how really it. Yeah. <laughs> it takes me like thirty minutes now, but like, so, like just to give you a sense of like the difference of the size of the game so there's still pl- plenty to do and then on, on top of that like it just looks it's just beautiful like the 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 design and just the artwork and and everything and, like it's just a stunning looking game and I was, uh, you know, not necessarily worried, but after playing the Demon's Souls remake on PS5 and then Bluepoint just did such a great job with making that game just be like a technical showpiece and it just looks looks unbelievable and very smooth. So I think going from that to this, I was like, oh, is this game going to look dated and, you know, maybe not look so great. But I think it, I think it's, you know, it's not at the same level as Demon's Souls remake, but I don't think you could reasonably expect it to just given the size of the game. So, um, so I'm pretty happy with you know, just the aesthetics of it and how how it runs. Um, there are some PC performance, you know, pain points that most of these games have when they launch. So there's like a bit of stuttering and frame drops, but not so much that it like doesn't make me want to play the game. So it's more just kind of minor annoyances, but I think it's fine.
0: Yeah, I feel you. I had some issues as well in the beginning with the stuttering. Uh, like you said, it it's not enough where it affects my judgment of the game, where it makes me want to not play it. I do want to see how it is once I encounter maybe larger uh, mobs or bosses themselves, because I know you know not not knowing a lot of information for this game. I I know from software is is known for making huge bosses, so that take up the whole screen. So I want to see how that goes down the road, but I think that it, it won't uh, affect me in terms of wanting to play the game and. I also know that they acknowledge these issues and it just came out three days ago. So they're definitely working on it. They're not going to just let it ride like this. So I'm hopeful. And so far, I'm enjoying my experience with it. And then going back to what you were saying uh, with the world, how open world it is and and there's really no direction, you would say, uh, of where to go. And they don't give you any guide points or anything like that. We all know the trick to these games is just kind of like going area to area. And then if you're killing people at a normal pace, then you're good. But if you're getting fucked up, getting one shot, then you know you're in the wrong way. So go somewhere else. I like that whole aspect of it, of mystery, where like, am I in the right place? Am I supposed to be here? And even if you aren't supposed to be there, if you get through it, then kudos to you. I mean, you fucking beat an area you weren't supposed to be in at such a low level. So that's always enjoyable. Yeah, totally. The way I've been approaching it
1: is the game does give you subtle cues as to generally which direction you should go to I guess advance the story. But I think the way that they've designed it is if you go if you just immediately go down that path, you're going to hit a brick wall with you know either like an area or a boss that's just way more powerful than you so i think that's the game basically telling you to go elsewhere <laughs> and <laughs> and you know explore and and level up and we'll see how 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 much longer this this will last but i'm, I'm just kind of going in like map completion mode where going back to breath of the Wild. Uh, If you recall, I think, I I don't remember exactly what they're called, but it's basically the towers where you're just kind of running around, you'll see a tower, you know, that if you go up the tower, you can fill out your map and and get a sense of what's going on. So I'm just kind of in that mode of, I'm just exploring, filling out the map. If I see something cool, I'll I'll check it out. And then as I go through that, I'll, I level up and then I can go back to that
0: former brick wall and beat it. Yeah. So it's, it's it's a good, it's a fun uh, gameplay loop. I mean, I'm I'm ready to go back. Uh, there was this asshole on a horse with a freaking axe that kicked. Oh my yeah, ass. I know
1: exactly what you're talking about. I know. I I I don't remember exactly where he is, but I definitely want to go back to him, and I'm pretty sure I could rock his ass now.
0: Yeah, I'm like, uh, I was like, I know, I know this is how this works. I'm not gonna fight you. I did. I fought him like three times, and I died. But I was like, I'll come back for you, asshole. I'm gonna kill you, but I'll leave you be for now.
1: Yeah, if you get one-shotted, that's generally the, the game telling you that you need to go elsewhere. So. Yeah.
0: Also, uh, damn it. I can't believe it took me so long, but I named my character Abraham Lincoln. He looks like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so, you know, the streak continues. I almost called him Abraham Dude Bro, but uh, Abraham Lincoln's good.
1: <laughs> either either option is not as good as
0: Boat Lightning. Yeah. I think we can well, both agree on that. Well, you know, <laughs> to each their own so yeah
1: all right well uh, well, we still got to do we still got to do co-op yeah the dark souls games have always had some multiplayer functionality it's always been very odd how it worked and like not super intuitive so i still i still need to go actually do it but it seems like it's a little bit more straightforward how to get things going and it's a little bit more flexible so i'm looking forward to checking out the multiplayer later
0: yeah, I mean, uh, they've always had the co-op. It's just kind of weird how, how to do it. And you got to put passwords and stuff like that. And you got to get certain items, which I think I picked them up. In this game, it's fingers. So, you know, we'll use the fingers later. <laughs> so those are our, our thoughts and impression on Elden Ring. Of course, Nick has more hours than I do, but I'm going to catch up to him. Uh, and then we'll, we'll do some co-op. We'll give you more of the world uh, as, as we continue playing the game um we'll give you more information we'll, we'll let you know how it's going in the next episode so make sure you keep tuning in to hear more Elden ring stuff all right so now the other uh game we want to talk about was destiny 2 the witch queen So as you know, uh, I've been talking about it almost every episode of this podcast since we started, but I'm a big Destiny fan and the biggest expansion, I would say, since Beyond Light, which was the last expansion they did a year and a half ago, I would say, November 2020, in terms of content, in terms of weapons, in terms of lore, in terms of abilities, this has been the biggest expansion they've had. They introduced a lot of new things. Nick hasn't been playing it because he's still not a Destiny fan as much as I am. But, you know, we're working on that. Um, so mo- this is mostly going to be my end of things, what what I got out of it in the first week that it's been out. But he, he'll, he'll ask me any questions about it. But basically, the main thing is Destiny 2, the Witch Queen. It expands upon the story of Sabatun, which was uh, a Hive Queen, which is one of their uh, adversaries in the game with each season they just go over the bad guys in the destiny world but the last couple seasons we've come to know that there is no clear black and white there's a gray area so even though they're technically bad guys some of them are good and they have families and alien babies so you know can't be bad to everybody Um, but this just kind of continues the story of one of the enemy types which are the hive which are like these weird creatures in the in the game and where they come from uh the new expansion brings in void 3.0 which is just uh, your class supers you have arc void solar and the new one was stasis but it expands the abilities so you can kind of do more of an uh mmo feel where you can customize it to your Uh, wishes and kind of make different class builds to power through the content and make it easier for you to either kill enemies faster, help your teammates, help yourself, make it not so hard. One thing I liked about this uh, new expansion is the way that they did the campaign um, where you can run it solo or you can run it with a group of uh, three including yourself with this expansion they made it easier and at the same time harder difficulty. Uh, You are capped at a certain power level where, for example, if the mission is capped at 1450, it would lower you down to 1435 where you can still do the content, it's still manageable but you're not suffering as much and that just gives it a little bit more of of a difficulty spike, but it's a fun difficulty spike where you're not powering through and killing everything. And then the next thing I I, I like is the new uh, Lucent Brood, which is basically the Hive uh, enemies with your own powers so how you have your supers they can do their supers it gives the game a bit of a a better feel to it in terms of different enemy types and what they can do where you can have your own powers thrown at you pretty crazy stuff we also have the new weapons crafting system which i like um, that you can customize the weapons and you can pick the the perks that you want installed one thing which uh i don't like a lot about it right for right now Uh, even though it's the first week and I'm pretty sure they'll fix it, is that there's not a lot of materials coming out of the, that you need to craft the new weapons with the perks. And a lot of the guns aren't dropping how they're supposed to, but I think it's just some technical difficulties what they'll be working on. And obviously with the new expansion, I thought that it was going to be a long queue to get into the game on Tuesday, but Honestly, it only took me about 15 minutes to get into the game. Uh, I think it's the smoothest launch they've ever had. And then the last thing is, I think it's the best expansion since the Taken King. The Taken King being uh, a big expansion that came in Destiny 1, which kind of focused on the same uh, group of enemies, the Hive and Oryx and all that stuff. I'll link a video In our show notes, if you want a breakdown of the Destiny lore, uh, other people do it better than I do because, you know, I I suck with names and stuff like that. So I'll link that in the video. But basically, The Taken King was a great expansion. It had a lot of secrets. It had a lot of weapons. It just a lot of things to discover. And I feel like this expansion does the same thing. The only thing is that the way that Bungie has uh, been developing the seasons and the expansions, they kind of tease it out weekly. So you don't consume everything at the same time, which is kind of good and kind of bad, where it gives everybody enough time to catch up and everybody can kind of be on the same page if they do it weekly. Whereas for me, I would rather just kind of do everything and get it out of the way. But it is a great expansion. If you play Destiny, if you love first person shooters, if you love sci-fi, if you love powers and stuff like that, uh, I would definitely recommend it. I would definitely recommend this expansion. I'm trying to get Nick to play this damn thing, but
1: yeah i guess you know for for new players or for people like me who have tried playing the game and and just couldn't get into it like does the expansion you know doing any, it do anything to draw people back in or is it really just kind of going in deeper with with their you know core fan base
0: so i think uh it does a little bit of both it does go in deeper with their with their established fan base in terms of like more of what you want and more of what you love we have it but i think it this one does a better job than any of the last expansions and seasons ever did in terms of getting new people in new lights, as they call them. And the reason for that being is one, they put everybody at 1350 power level, which is the lowest power level you can be. So there you go. That in itself is a plus. You don't have to worry about being under leveled. So you can start off at 1350. They also have the, the campaign set up. Chronologically, where you could just keep playing it. It's easier to get into the campaign and go through it. And then, if you want more of a challenge, you can do the legendary campaign. I know one of the big issues we had, especially for game night when we were trying to do it, was that not everybody was on the same level. And also it was kind of hard to tell where everybody was in the story. So, yeah, that sucked for everybody. And I always complained about it. And it was hard for me who had done everything to kind of play with you guys because also you didn't know like what to do or where to go. But I think it's definitely more accessible now than it's ever been if you want to just jump in. So it's a plus, man. We're, we got to get, get you in there. Plus, I think you'll like the, the classes and the new powers in Void 3.0. So you'll you'll definitely have a better time than you had last time you tried this. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll give it a try just to confirm or deny your
1: yeah. statement of <laughs> this is easier for, for new people.
0: Yeah, you can, you, I, I'll give the expert opinion and then you can give the newbie opinion.
1: Well, that I mean, that's what's so ridiculous, right? It's like, I've played this game a lot. Like, I, I, it's not like a thing where I played it for like two hours and decided it was not yeah. going to be like, I've, I've, I've played this game like a considerable amount. Like I've played it more than I've played Elden Ring. Yeah. <laughs> like, So uh, it's, so it's it's. Uh, I guess I'm still, you know, a noob in the grand scheme of things, but it's not like I, you know, just played it a little bit and gave up on it. Like I've tried very hard multiple times to like get
0: into those things. So,
1: but yeah, I'm, uh, I'll try to be optimistic and ho- hopefully they've figured it out with this new expansion.
0: It's one of those things where like, I myself have been playing the game for seven years since the first one came out, and it's I love the game so much, and I want more people to play it, and I want to run activities with them, but it's just so it was so hard before to get everybody on the same page and find out like what they needed to do and all that stuff. I think the ne- this new expansion definitely steps up in terms of making it more accessible and easier for everybody to be on the same page, so it's something I, I want other people to experience, and definitely if we can get you in there, that makes it easier for me, because I won't be the only one talking about Destiny, so... Yeah. And then one more thing, the the new raid comes out on March 5th, which is always good. Um, I know uh, whenever the raids come out, it gets uh, a lot of views on Twitch just because everybody wants to see teams run it and doing the world's first and seeing the mechanics and stuff like that. And also... The way they've been doing it with every uh, expansion and season is that when something like this happens, when when the first team completes a raid, it usually unlocks uh, something for everybody in the game world, which is kind of cool, so I'm excited for that. The last thing I believe that they did was... Uh, For the last raid was the Dreaming City one, which is its own thing. When you kill the last boss, it like put a curse on the world that you were in. So the environment would change every week and stuff like that. So those are cool things that happen whenever they finish the raid. So I'm excited to see what happens once the raid uh, called Vow Disciple releases on March 5th. So yeah, uh, excited for Destiny, excited for the future, uh, excited for Elden Ring, excited to play more. Man, good games. I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you what. Here's a. I just decided this. You just decided this because right. because real time.
1: <laughs> you heard it here first. Because you are going in on Final Fantasy XIV in April, I will reciprocate and try
0: to give Destiny another shot. There you go. That's what April. I'm talking about. In April. Well, in April. April. Yeah. All right. We'll have to figure that out because I'm doing Final <laughs> Fantasy in April. <laughs> okay. Well, that, you know, that's
1: that's even that that proves my point where if i can't pick up this game when i want to and enjoy it with people then well no man cuz
0: cuz then if i'm on final fantasy i need you to be in final fantasy with me well, no, no, no. Be... I, my point is
1: we can we can we can do it I know, I thought we could probably manage both at the same time, but if, if we need to do one before the other one, we can figure that out. But All right, we'll, we'll schedule uh, it. We'll, we'll yeah, figure we'll, out the logistics.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, there you go. There you have it, live on the podcast. I mean, live <laughs> whenever you hear this. Nick is going to try Destiny Earth. in April, the Witch Queen. shattering Yeah, <laughs> and I, of course, will be trying Final Fantasy XIV. So, yeah, it's going to be a big yeah. April. Uh, content, baby, content. All right, there you go. So those are our impressions uh, on Elden Ring and uh, Destiny 2 The Witch Queen. As the weeks go on and we keep playing these games, we'll throw some more tidbits here and there, keep you updated how we're feeling about it. And hopefully you get this excitement that we are having for these games and decide to pick them up and let us know your thoughts and anything. Just send us some emails, you know. Uh, We want to hear from everybody. We want to know what you're thinking, what what you're playing, what you love. Let us know. All right, so moving on, closing thoughts, um, real quick. Still playing Lost Ark. Uh, <laughs> this is such a good game to kind of just have in the background and play. Uh, you don't have to have too much focus on it, so it's pretty good. That's why I'm still playing it. I'm gear level 1000. I'm in, I think, towards the end game, I have five arcs, baby. Count them one, two, three, four, five. Five arcs. So I'm only missing two more. <laughs> uh, so good, good on more like that. More like found arcs. Alright, that was whack no. <laughs> That was the point? Oh. Uh, yeah, but oh my god. Feel mm. feel feel free to cut that out. No. That's that's staying. You keep it in Okay, uh, that's fine. Uh, I edit. I am the master. You're very you're very malicious with your editing. No, I mean I make us both look good. I mean I make myself look better, but I mean no, you yourself good. look better for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I know for a fact that you cut out your awful joke from
1: last, last week, so
0: no, that was a, a a bad joke that you, it, it didn't fit. It didn't fit. I cut it out because it didn't fit. <laughs> sure, okay, okay. <laughs> and then um, I've also, I started playing Horizon Forbidden West, which came out uh last week as well on Tuesday unfortunately I only played an hour of it didn't get a lot of time on it especially because I have my PlayStation at home can't really carry that with me all the time but definitely want to uh get into that a little more it felt like riding a bike you know playing Horizon uh, Zero Dawn getting back to Forbidden West it was kind of the same thing but definitely looks better had some issues with a little bit of stuttering but I'm pretty sure they'll fix that after all it is the first week I I think they did a great job with the release And then uh, uh, I started a show a couple weeks back and just finished watching it with my girlfriend. It's called Archive 81. I would recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's a horror, mystery, sci-fi, supernatural show. It's about this guy named Dan uh, and a grad student named Melody. Dan is basically this guy that is hired to restore video footage of Melody's documentary. It's set in two different times. Melody's in the ni- 1990s. Dan is in, in current times. And it kind of, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much, so I won't. But it's a great show. It's got a great mystery. It hooks you in from the first episode. If you're looking for something to watch, Archive 81 on Netflix. And then uh, one last tidbit, watch Spider-Man No Way Home. I know it came out in December. Did it come on in December, Christmas or some shit like that?
1: Yeah, it was a holiday holiday release. Um, yeah, I think we're probably the last two people on planet Earth who haven't watched cool. it yet. And yeah. you just and I still haven't watched it, which I'm ashamed to admit. So <laughs> uh, that's some. Um, I, I, I gotta get that solved. Like so many people are like, just know that I'm a big Marvel, yeah. Spider Man fan. And, and they're like asking me all this, like all the, like all the time. People are asking me like, oh, like what'd you think about this? What'd you think about this? And I'm just like, no, I haven't watched it yet, and they like can't believe it. So i need to solve that
0: i mean surprisingly i didn't get spoiled too much i knew the basics of it you know spoilers that they were going to bring andrew garfield and mm-hmm. toby Maguire in i'm sorry if i spoiled that for I, you. I think that was
1: a i think that was a that <laughs> like world's worst kept secret yeah um so i think that's not spoiling too much
0: yeah but uh well also now that the movie's out it's kind of a in the in the promotional trailers and stuff like that, but anyways, yeah, 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 great movie. Love what they did with it. Uh, loved all the villains in there. Willem Dafoe, great fucking guy. Uh, with- Willem, I said Willem. Mm, I heard William. All right, whatever. All right, I'll edit that out then. Don't edit that, <laughs> out. Don't edit that out. I won't edit that out then. So you will see. I said Good. willem willem It's just okay, it's, it's the way I speak, man. Let's, let's, see what, I speak. let's see what our listeners our listeners love listening. So let's <laughs> see what they have to say. there. You go. um And then uh the memes. I will tell you this. They did do a lot of the memes that are out there on the internet. So once you see it, let me know your thoughts. Anything? Uh, anything you want to give out there to our, our listeners? I actually have a couple
1: a couple questions on your on your on your list of things there the go ahead so the thing that jumped out is is lost ark and just how relentless you are in playing that game and i wonder like what's your what's your setup and this kind of follows what we were saying in a prior episode where what kind of unlocked playing mmo type games for me was being able to do like like multitasking yeah. basically where it's like you kind of have this somewhat game like a game that you don't need to like 100 focus on yeah and it sounds like you're you're going through a similar kind of experience with Lost Ark right where it's like hey you're playing the game maybe you're watching you know like Netflix or something at the same time like is that you know Kind of like, yeah, I guess like what, what's your setup like these days?
0: Well, so my, my setup right now is like I'm not watching anything that I'd really have to focus on because then I know I definitely have to leave the game. So obviously having I have dual monitors, so I'll have Twitch on the left monitor and then I'll have the game on the right. So I'm always watching a Twitch streamer. We love esports. Um, we love watching like Evo uh, or anything like that any competitions or anything like that. So right now you have the the League of Legends. Each region does their thing. So you have the LCK, the LPL, the LEC, the LCS. Those are all the regions. So America, South Korea, uh, South Korea, China, and, and, all, and European, all that stuff. So I'll have that on the side watching it. You know, I'm always watching it. Maybe I, I could get better by watching the pros, if you know what I'm talking about. My, my goal is still to get to, to rank gold. So I have that on the background. It's kind of been put in the background from everything that I've been doing. So that's like a, that's a pressing
1: buttons episode one throwback, I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: uh, <laughs> going for gold. So uh, I definitely uh, have to keep an eye on what's going on and make sure that I'm still good because I want to make sure that our listeners know that I keep my promises. And I promise I will get to gold. By the end of the year, or at the end of the season, the season ends in November, I think. But I will get to gold. But yeah, uh, so like you said, it's it's just kind of picking something that you don't have to give your full concentration and then playing the game because it's it's you know it's not that it's on autopilot, but you can kind of just do things and not have to worry about too much, but also concentrate when the store when the talking story stuff. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I wonder
1: if other others are you know because you know just with quarantine and I think people trying to invest more into their home setups and all that. Like, I wonder if people are going to be doing, you know, basically having a similar experience that we had where it's like, Oh yeah, we can watch multiple things at the same time. And, um, cause I do that, uh generally watching a lot of twitch you know at a minimum there's a twitch stream going on while i'm playing and then maybe i'm watching a specific show or something like that usually so, it's me twitching you yeah. know usually yeah usually watching hugo
0: <laughs> fail fail and fail again
1: yeah but uh, no i just thought that was a uh, interesting that we had a shared a shared experience of breaking into mmos yeah man.
0: Because we're able to do other stuff while playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Life is just a bunch of shared experiences and it's good when you do it with friends. So ching. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cut, cut, cut that out. Cut that out. No. Friends forever. Okay, okay. No. All right. <laughs> um if anything else,
1: Nick? Uh no, I think uh I think that's it for me. I'm I'm just all in on all in an Elden Ring. So it's going to be I'll need to figure out other things to talk about over the coming weeks so yeah. that I just don't talk about Elden Ring all the time. But that's basically my singular focus. Got to get more
0: topics. I'm I'm half wow. in on Elden Ring, half in on Destiny. Actually, seventy five percent more in on Destiny, twenty five percent on Elden Ring. But I don't, you know, I don't like that. That's that's a that's the wrong allocation. <laughs> it's gonna fluctuate. Don't worry about it. We'll we'll see as the as the weeks come. Wait, along, what about Lost Ark? I thought I thought Lost Ark gets some. Um, all right, that gets seventy five percent, twenty twenty seventy five percent Destiny, twenty four percent Elden Ring, one percent Lost Ark. We'll see. Wow. Yeah. All right. (laughs) But there you go. That's it. That's it for the show. Thanks uh, for listening to us. Thanks for listening to our impressions of Elden Ring and Destiny. We hope you join us again next week. I'm Hugo. I'm Nick. And have a good one. Later. Thanks for joining us on episode eight of Pressing Buttons. The show is produced by Nick and myself. I also edit the show. Our illustrious music is composed by Layla. Don't forget to give us a rating and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. See you on the next episode.